Hello and uh, welcome to the delicious recipe here on UPRN. If you were uh, watching uh, later on, uh, because this is a pre-record for uh, Thursday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this will be running on UPRN, the delicious recipe. Uh, you can check us out on UFO Gods and Extraterrestrials. That's the YouTube channel and the other YouTube channel is UFO paranormal radio ufo paranormal radio that one's done twice and then any uprn united public radio on all other platforms iheart spreaker soundcloud etc they are running also on those ones as well and you can check those all out for other things uh, i want to thank my uh, production crew as always hey you kitty pot and blaze and the new member after valentine's day there I called him a squello. He's a squishmallow, so he's uh, the next one. And my production team is always great because uh, they never talk back. They always listen to the best listeners that are out there. But uh, tonight there, this one I titled uh, Just an Olive. And I have on uh, today, uh, uh, my guest is uh, Lorian Fenton. Uh, her show, The Fenton Perspective, that airs on another uh uh, another show, another network, not on UPRN, but uh, welcome, Lorian. Oh, I'm so happy to be here with you, Dale. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, well, it's great to have you on there. I said, uh, I think uh, it was a long time ago when uh, my other half there, Laura Lee, was uh, doing a show on, I think, uh, Late Nights in the Midland or something like that. That was how we sort of, uh, uh, we sort of met up while Laura Lee knows you more than I guess that I do, but uh, it's always it was an enjoyable time out there. But you have this uh, other show, uh, uh, the Lorian Perspective. Would you like to uh, talk about that? Oh sure, the Fenton Perspective has been on uh, the Competitors Network. I, I hate to say that because you know what, there's room for every network that's out there, and surprisingly enough. We're one of the, your network and my network, we're the last two standing that have been around for any length of time. Everybody else has gone away. It's mind boggling right. to me, you know, mm -hmm. because we're only basically most of the people at our network are, it's revolution radio, by the way, folks, most of the people there um, don't do podcasting. They do straight old school audio. And we started out as a prepper network and it turned into God knows what, but uh, just like, but your network was now. Who's the owner of your network again? Uh, uh, Joe Montaldo. Joe Montaldo. Yeah. Yes, yeah. he's a yeah. ufologist. So your network always started out as kind of a UFO network, which is wonderful. Yeah. And uh, I really enjoyed the network. And you and now you're doing a mix of podcasting and audio only, and it's really cool. And mm -hmm. we're starting to do that over Revolution Radio too. I think we're a little more political, a little more controversial and conspiracy oriented. But hey, you got to have something for everybody, right? Well, that's that. That's the way it is. Like my show, the delicious recipe. I throw everything in the pot and see how it tastes at the end. Conspiracy, <laughs> exactly. UFOs, cryptids, paranormal, everything, and and also on the this network there too. Yeah, so it is. Uh, it was sort of uh, the UFO, paranormal, ghosts, and stuff like that. But there is uh, music, and there is also uh, uh, political commentary as well. There's lots of Beautiful. lots of. Lots of different things, lots of uh, lots of different ingredients to sample and food tastes or whatever. If I keep it on the food sort of uh, uh, topic there, but uh, yeah, so uh, uh, I had watched some stuff there that you had done, um, and uh, how how did you get into uh, I guess the the paranormal or the UFO stuff? Where, where did that sort of start? Oh for you? my God. Oh my God. We, do you have 12 hours? Because <laughs> literally... we'll, we'll, we'll do a quick synopsis of it, I guess. Or... <laughs> okay. I guess we're going to have to. Well, uh, most people know that um, I practically died or did die when I was about a year and a half old. And my grandmother saw an angel over the crib in the hospital uh, telling her that I was going to be okay. And it was the same angel quote, alien angel or angel or alien or whatever, telling her that told her when she was 13 years old and she was dying of rheumatic fever, it flew in her window apparently and uh, told her she would be okay and that she had work to do. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And then she told, uh, the angel told her the same thing about me. And then later on, when I had my face to face with God at one point or the AI or the source or whatever we want to call it, the guy that makes the aliens, you know, appear in our world um, or the entity or whatever it is, um, you know, I 
I was told the same thing. You know, I was pushed back into my body and they said, you've got work to do. I was like, oh, no, no, I don't want to go back. Are you kidding me? This is horrid. Oh, my God. And, uh, yeah, so that's another whole story in itself. And it starts, I think, pretty much my story starts at six years old when I'm, well, no, it starts at a year and a half old when I almost died. But at six years old, basically, and I don't know how any other way to say it except for I manifested a rabbit. So, you know, <laughs> there you go. That was the beginning, and it just got wilder from there on out. You know, and when I finally get my book done, each little chapter is going to be an experience. And I've already got like 70 chapters. Oh, wow. <laughs> of crazy, wild experiences, you know. Well, maybe oh, it's not quite 70. I think I pared it down to about 55. You know, it's almost that like we, a Lord, Lord of the Rings trilogy you got going on there. Oh, my God. It feels like it. And, you know, what's interesting is... um. I uh, pretty much had a normal life. I was, a, well, I was an artist, so God knows that that's normal. And I was a psychic, so God knows that that's even normal too. Before I really got heavy into ufology, um, the ufology came out of the mind control and super soldier summits that I put on in 2012, 13, and 14. But I had started a MUFON group uh, in 2010, 11-ish. Around okay. there, I started a MUFON group here in uh, Northern California. Okay. And uh, people that don't know what MUFON, that's uh, what, Mutual oh, yeah. UFO Network? or Yes, Mutual it? UFO Network. And they've been around for fi over 50 years now. They started in 1969. Mm -hmm. And uh, they are just a wonderful organization. I mean, hey, it's just like any other organization, it has its problems. But here's the best part about MUFON. I put on a, a, a meeting every month and um, I don't get up there and I don't like a lot of the meetings will have just very dry stuff about UFOs. I always have a speaker and I always have somebody that's having, you know, like major contact experiences. Mm -hmm. And I will have a scientist every once in a while discuss, you know, what the, the nuts and bolts of ufology could be and the Nimitz things and, and you know, what the government's doing right now. But Mostly, I would say, like eight months out of the year, we're talking aliens, you know. Okay. And MUFON has never once told me I couldn't do that. And even in October, every year, I put on a conspiracy month. And last year, we did JFK assassination. The year before that, we did uh, electromagnetic fre frequencies and 5G. And, you know, right. I do all kinds of crazy stuff. And MUFON just says, you know what, as long as you, you know, the members sign up or at least want to join MUFON because of what you're doing. We're very happy with you, you know? Right. Well, they're, and, all, uh, they're all sort of connected in a, in a way. This is my, my idea of it, but we'll get into that. But uh, just to go and uh, say, uh, well, you have something that's coming up there anyways. This was uh, also a oh, partial yes, promotion yes. there too, as well. So yeah, my commercial promotion, I guess I better jump right into it. Yes. Yeah. I've got a fairly, it's not a big conference. It's called UFOCon 2023, and you can find it at UFOCon2023.com. And it's not even out in a search engine anywhere. I mean, if you type in UFOCon, you're going to get everybody but me. So you have to directly type in UFOCon2023.com, and you'll find us. And it's a very small event, but I think it's very powerful, and I'll tell you why. Okay. I look at the roster of all of the other conferences, and if I see the same person's face up there one more time, I really am going to throw a fit because I can't deal with it anymore. I mean, how many times can you see Nick Pope speak? I mean, I love the man, but it's like, and how many times do you see Danny Sheen? I love the man, you know? Mm -hmm. I love all these guys. I know them all, you know, personally. But yeah. the problem is, every conference you go to, they're the guys sitting on the stage. Linda Moulton Howe, same people, mm -hmm. same people all the time. And every once in a while, you go to these big conferences and we'll have two or three kind of new people, but they're not very edgy. They're pretty right. mainstream, you know. Mm -hmm. And what I do is I try to get 80% of my people are people who have never spoken in front of a crowd before. Right. Um, one of them, for example, hired a major artist to do all of her PowerPoint stuff for her because mm -hmm. I told them all. I said, just because you've never been on a stage doesn't mean you can't be a professional. 
So you get your act together and you get on my stage and you show them something amazing. Don't get up there and just, you know, oh, I saw an ET, you know, and get all afraid. Get your act together because this is what ET wants you to be doing or I won't be asking you to be on my stage. Right. And I know you can do it, you know, because you wouldn't be there if I didn't know you could do it, you know. (laughs) That, that, that's amazing. So, that's a, that's even like how I even started here. It was like uh, Joe Montalvo said, okay, well, you're going to have a show on this night. And I says, uh, I go, he just goes, I'm just going to throw you in the fire. Talk for an hour. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> okay. And it worked out anyways. I'm three, almost three, over three years anyways, still going. So, <laughs> Oh, you know, that sounds very similar to what happened to me uh, at Rev Radio. I, uh, I was pitching somebody else to be on the show. And I didn't know I was live on air doing the pitching. I thought I was talking to the owner of the network privately. Yeah. And all these people were on this round table. I didn't even know it. And so they <laughs> said at the end of the round table, we want her on the, on the network. The heck with her person. And uh, so then we agreed that he got, my guy got two nights if I took one. Because right. he wanted two nights. And, and he only had one night available for him. And he said, uh-huh. okay, drive a hard bargain. You get one night, he gets two. I All said, right. okay. And then uh-huh. I figured I'd just quit, right? Because I didn't yeah. want to do this. I have no time for this kind of stuff, right? That yeah. was 11 years ago. I used to throw wow. up knowing that I had 22 people listening to me. Oh, Before every show, I'd be like, oh, my God, how many people are listening? And he'd go, 22. And I'd go, ah, and i go throw up in the, in the garbage can. <laughs> Oh, so we should also say, uh, what date is this going on there, UFOCon? Oh, yes. Okay. UFOCon2023.com. You go there and it's um, March 17th, 18th, and 19th. It's two and a half days. We start at six o'clock on Friday night and we go until about eight o'clock or so on Sunday night. And it's in South San Francisco. And there is a shuttle to the airport in the air. I mean, to the hotel. The hotel is less. It's about six blocks, maybe eight blocks away from the airport. Um, it's it's right at the same exit as the airport. So I mean, it, we're literally at the end of a runway. <laughs> so oh, <okay. laughs> you can't miss us if you're in the plane, but you kind of kind of miss us if you're in a car. Okay. So. Um, so you get a shuttle, come on over. I've got a discount price at the hotel until the 3rd of March. So mm-hmm. make your reservations at the hotel. Even if you don't know if you're going to get there or not, just make them. Because we don't know, you know, who knows if we're going to get that kind of price. It may go up to $200. I mean, I got it at $129 from regularly $179 on the weekends. Right. So um, I got 50 bucks off. That's the best I could do. But, you know, it's still a good price. And if you share with a friend, two of you come, you get the double room for the same price. Oh, wow. So um, that's 75 bucks a piece for the weekend, you know, each night, which is great. And then um, my tickets are 160 right now for the weekend. But if you guys um, like, I will give you a special code. For the Dell show, the delicious stories at gmail.com or whatever. (laughs) We will delicious recipes. Uh, We will give you guys a special code and I'll create it after the show tonight and it'll be ready by the time we air. Right. Right. Awesome. Yeah. Well, this will be airing uh, Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which will be uh, tomorrow night there. Tomorrow night. Okay. So here's the code, you guys. I just came up with it. It's T D R. UFO 23 TDR UFO 23. I got to write that down too. Yes, I will. TDR UFO 23. And you'll get the whole weekend for 125 bucks. Oh, awesome. that includes that your PayPal fee and everything. Uh, another part out of there is uh, I'm not sure if uh, if you're doing this or not. So, what uh, is people able to uh, view this that aren't in country and stuff like that doing this, or no, maybe afterwards? Sadly, I can't, and I'll tell you guys why. What's okay. going to happen is eventually this conference will show up on my television network, which I'm starting. Okay, well, that's, so that's good. There anyway, now, yeah, yeah. It'll be a couple of years before you're going to actually be able to see it, or at least a year. We Because we're going to start dripping. I've got 12 years of conferences. So we're okay. going to drip them out slowly and start in 2012 and, and just move our ways, you know, way on up. 
Oh, and I've got time awesome. travel con and I've got the mind control conferences and I've got, I've got all kinds of things to put up on the network. So we're mm -hmm. very excited. We're starting uh, new shows as well that are going to premiere every week. Okay. And one of them is called orb hunters where we mm -hmm. go in and we debunk all these crazy things that people think are alien orbs. Yeah. But at the end of every show, we show you one that we cannot figure out what it is, and it's probably a real orb. So, oh, wow. that, yeah, I don't because the thing is, there are real orbs, and they do happen. It's just mm -hmm. that they're not every day, and there's not seven million of them in the picture usually. You know, yeah. I mean, if there were, that would be great. But I haven't been able to find one picture yet with all those orbs in it mm -hmm. that is actually not just dew or mist or you know condensation. You know. Well well, you got to think about it. going to sort of related stories that's going on in the news right now. We've had the the Chinese spy, spy balloon that went across uh, across the U.S. And then there's been five other balloons that have been sort of uh, been picked up and shot down. Uh, one was actually in uh, northern Canada in uh, the Yukon, but another one off of uh uh alaska and then two more uh i believe that were in the the upper 48 states but this was sort of interesting is that i saw this go through on one of my facebook posts there is that uh people had gone through and because the the, the u.s military wasn't saying whether this was a balloon or what it was people's uh you know remember the game telephone that was out there one person started saying thing well all of a sudden the the the, the narrative started going well these were actually ufos I'm going. How does how does a balloon go to be in UFOs in a matter of like two days? And I, and I always find that sort of interesting. How people that weren't even involved didn't view it or something like that also have a the the best they the best idea that no, it's actually UFOs happening. Right, right. You know, Dell, that isn't by happenstance. Let mm -hmm. me tell you, I've been dealing with the psyop around ufology for fifty years now. I was. Right. About 13 or you know so little maybe 15 when i really decided that there was something to all of this you know i had psychic abilities and i knew there were aliens around and and um <clears throat> i was a big uh proponent at 15 years old about the jfk assassination as a matter of fact <clears throat> excuse me um, I have been written about a chapter in a book about the JFK assassination. I produced all these JFK assassination conferences and uh, the Lee Harvey Oswald birthday conferences and, and events like that. Um, because like JFK is my hobby and ufology is my life. That's how I describe it to people. Okay. <laughs> so, but anyhow, the point I'm trying to make is I have seen the UFO community be infiltrated by the powers that be and i and it's not as blatant as men in black anymore it's right. more like psychops to make everybody just kind of go off and cult follow people and you know the guy talks about the blue avians so everybody runs off and he's the new hottest deal right now mm -hmm. and then the next one comes along and he's dissecting alien parts in an underground bunker when he's actually in a drunk tank for 30 days, you know, <laughs> I mean, don't get me started because I do the research on these people that nobody else does. I, I bet them carefully and I call mm -hmm. people and I even pay for um, background checks and I pay uh, my friends that are, um, what do you call that? They're like private investigators. Private investigators, yeah. Go find out who these people really are because I'm not going to mm -hmm. have them speak at my conference if they're full of it, right? Right. So, um, bottom line is there's quite a group of people somewhere in that what we call the dark community that doesn't mm -hmm. want us to really get a handle on what ufology is all really about. Mm -hmm. And at the, at the end of the day, what they're trying to keep us distracted from, in my opinion, is the fact that it has to do with consciousness and the relationship between you and different dimensional entities. Okay. And that covers a wide variety of things because if you look back at Jack Parsons and Aleister Crowley and that crowd, mm -hmm. they were bringing in what they thought were uh, demons. Right. and Dimensional uh, beings, trying... yeah. Yes, exactly. Mm. And there's the whole story about them, you know, not being able to close some kind of portal Right. And bringing in other dimensional beings from quote unquote hell or somewhere like that. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's just so much more to this than people imagine. It's not just, oh, I saw a UFO in the sky. I wish it was right. that simple. 
And so do the guys trying to control our brains and how we think about it. And trust me, everything that gets on YouTube or Netflix or whatever else, they're so happy. There's so much disinformation out there. Are you kidding? They just love it because it keeps us all distracted away from the absolute truth. Right. That, that, that's that, yeah. That's that. That is so interesting. Yeah. Uh, there's a person there. I, I guess there was a couple of uh, documentaries that had come out there about uh, FBI and CIA uh, infiltrating into MUFON and uh, feeding false narratives to people that were uh, going and talking to at these uh, at uh, at some of these conferences. And uh, it, which which all seems seems like why why not? Right. If you're trying to hide something, yes, to go and feed. Uh, false truths or false lies or whatever or partial truths to things and but it, uh that was sort of one thing there that they were that it was sort of uh talked about about that MUFON had been infiltrated and it had gone sort of a different way that it had gone away from what it was in 1969 to now 2023 that it's been sort of uh played i guess in a way well they were and there were a lot of different directors that got played themselves and there were a lot of directors that actually were instigators of it and i know who they were working for i mean it took me a while to figure it out and find out for real but yeah we had people working for like dia and for cia and for different places like that yeah. that were retired but honey, you never retire from the, the company. I mean, as right. everyone I know that's ever worked for them, they always have a job for you, even though you're getting the, the retirement paycheck, you know? Right. <laughs> that's funny. But but even going into this other thing, when you're talking about that with Crowley, with dimensional beings, and I, I've talked about this many times on my show, uh, looking into uh, the ancient past and the, the mythology and the lore that goes around this, and all these ancient stories, and whether they are religious stories or passed down pagan stories, and that they all talk about something that is uh, a dimensional, not terrestrial. Like, if people don't understand, extraterrestrial means terrestrial is what we are, what we see on this earth. That's terrestrial. Extraterrestrial can be anything, could be uh, Moon Man, can be uh, some dimensional being, can be something that we don't know about that isn't terrestrial. And I think people get that sort of. Uh, mixed up when they hear extraterrestrial they automatically go to alien they, absolutely and they yeah. shouldn't because this is one of the things i've been harping about for about 10 years now is that we have i well, i'll give an example i put on a conference called ufo con the um experiencer event and i had everybody on stage was an experiencer but they weren't all good experiences and they weren't all bad experiences i had people mm -hmm. who've seen reptiles people seeing angels, people seeing uh, devil-looking beasts, and people that saw little elfy fairies. I mean, I, we had everything there. We had 15 different speakers, and it, was, it, it ran the gamut from white light beams to um, the little gray guys. One lady saw nothing but the um, mantids. I mean, we had everything. That, oh, Puljarans, Palladians. I mean, you name it, they were there. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was a real big uh, eye-opener for a lot of people who came to it because they mm -hmm. were like, yeah, but all I ever see are these little gray guys or all I ever see are the Plajarans or, you know, right. whatever. And they realized, I think it was a big, you know, mind blower for everybody to realize you can be visited by anything. There's mm -hmm. just there's so many levels and dimensions and what have you. It's just mind boggling to me. And if you think of that there's only one kind of alien, you really got a problem because you never know who's going to show up at your door. <laughs> yeah. uh, this uh, actually, this is something I was just thinking about the other day, and I've actually been thinking about it for quite a while. And uh, well, we have like about 7.6 billion people uh, currently population of the Earth right now, and uh, it's it's amazing how big the Earth is. That, that population of the Earth could actually fit in the state of Texas, which is about 7.5 trillion square feet. So there's a lot of areas that are out there when you think about that condensing down. Like the Earth is pretty big. But I, I was thinking about this. I said, you know what? Out of those 7.6 billion people. I bet you there's got to be at least one male, one female that are out of that that would say freely go up and get probed and uh, do any sort of experiment because the people do that anyways today for anything says, yeah, hey, well, go ahead. I'll go and uh, give you uh, some semen. I'll give you some eggs. Yeah, see what you go and make. People will do that for free right now. Without oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Oh, my God. 
So well, I was wondering, because the, the narrative always was abduction and they did this anal probing and they took my semen or they took my eggs and they produced this stuff in a, in a whatever test tube, baby stuff like that. I bet you there's people out there would do that for a case of beer and that they'd be happy with that. Oh, are you kidding me? Everybody I know that will volunteer for anything these guys are going to do. And, yeah. You know, but I, there is an exception to that. I, I know quite a few people that have had some terrifying experiences Mm-hmm. And they wish it would all stop. Right. But uh, for some reason, I've never had the terrifying experiences. And mm-hmm. I I begin to wonder some days, and I, I know I'm being judgmental at this, mm-hmm. but I was very clear with the aliens when I was younger that nobody scary gets to show up in my bedroom. Right. I just don't have time for that in my brain. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I basically said, nobody's scary. Okay. Yeah. And so I never had a a scary experience. So I'm Mm -hmm. wondering if somehow the ETs prey on the people that are vulnerable, you know, with the the scary ones, you know, like the reptilians and the little graves that, you know, take you away without your permission and all that. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, It's, it it seems that these people would be, they're a victim to them in some way. Right. They've given their power over to them. And maybe it's a lesson they have to learn to be commune with them first before they can get off to the next dimensional being that's, you know, quite a bit different and quite more loving. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, every ET that I've ever dealt with that, uh, you know, it, it may have been ugly. They've always said to me, Lorian, keep your eyes closed. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, no problem. <laughs> maybe I don't want to see you. And then they've always asked me for permission to do anything to me. Right. And I, I very seldom hear about that. Okay. Yeah. So is, I'm lucky. Is, yeah. Yeah, for sure. This, this is now, this is a part that like uh, this network deals with uh, the paranormal deals with uh, extraterrestrial deals with uh, mythology and lore. And uh, this is, this is a thought that has sort of been going through my mind there is that, Maybe that they all are sort of the same, the same sort of thing, but the way that they approach or that the, they appear to you can be to whatever your mindset of thinking about something. Because whether it's interdimensional being, whether it's a demon, an angel, an ET, or a god, they, they all sort of su- seem to do this sort of, sort of the same sort of thing in a way. Uh, appearing through a wall, coming through something. Then I get into this whole part about dream walking and the astral projection and people that can go and transfer energy because we are basically a big battery. Uh, every human being is with some sort of outside supercomputer, the consciousness that we have that can link into different things that we barely even touched on uh, exploring or understanding. Yes, no, I, I totally agree with you on that. And the part about them showing themselves to you is, I think they show themselves to you as to what you can handle. Okay. And or maybe you've had a relationship with them in a different timeline and you already did the grays or the mantids and now you get the pajarans, you know, the good looking guys that look like Fabio. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, or the one yeah, the, you know, the, maybe the long, I the long did my tennis already. <laughs> So, no, I, a, I gotta tell you a funny story. I had a girlfriend okay. that was being abducted, and her other friend was being abducted too. And um, she, they were talking to me one day about it, and one says, "Yeah, I can't wait till the next time they take me. My guy looks like Fabio. She used to read romance novels. Okay. So this guy comes to her with this long blonde hair. He's tall, six feet, blue eyes, gorgeous, right? Yeah. And my other friend sees Jesus." Cause she's a Christian, a full blown Christian. And she's mm-hmm. seen Jesus and goes, yeah, I love going with Jesus. Whenever he takes me on the ships, it's great. <laughs> he introduces <laughs> to me to all these little minions of his. Oh, and I go, what do they look like? She goes, well, I don't remember, but all he knows they're, they're little guys. Yeah. That's all I remember. So, you know, there you go. You got two women willing to be taken because yeah. they're seeing what they think is cool. And mm-hmm. And she can't remember the grades at all. Really? Wow. Isn't this, that great? This, yeah, that, that's, that's, that, that actually goes into this whole thing is that uh, the interpretation of uh, your own brain, because everybody's reality is only only reality to themselves. You cannot explain it to somebody else. You can explain it, but you, you understand it how you understand it. And it's all individualized. And uh, this is, this goes into another part is, a big thing that was being uh, talked about 
before the the COVID uh, uh, pandemic happened was this disclosure that was supposed to be happening. And uh, like uh, Stephen Ellen Greer, they had the, the movie come out. Disclosure is coming next year at this time. We're going to be finding out all these files at the the U.S. military and the CIA, FBI, all this disclosures coming out. That, and then they had whatever that David Fravor of uh, the Tic Tac video and stuff like that. That was about it. And But it was disclosures happening. Humanity's ready for disclosure. They're going to explain it all. And uh, the pandemic happened and nothing really happened at all. Well, you know, the government looked at that whole thing like, Oh my God, why weren't we the first ones to come out with that? Mm-hmm. You know, because you got to remember to the stars Academy started the whole ball rolling in 2015 when Tom DeLong put out that 30 second yes. video that said, right. and, and isn't his father, isn't his father FBI or CIA? Tom I DeLong? believe so. I thought he was yeah. military. I, I don't remember to be honest with you because I haven't yeah. paid much attention to him since to the stars, uh, in, when they first came out and I saw all the ex-CIA guys sitting on the stage, I yeah. said, okay, what are they trying to do? Are they trying to take over the narrative from the military? Is that what's going on here? It seemed like it was a clash of the two happening. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think I'm right, because ever since then, it's been kind of like Lou Elizondo's doing this. Now he's oh, back yeah, another the one. Yeah. Chris uh, Mellon says this, and he's he's against the military, and and this guy's doing that, and he's retired from the military. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, so who's doing what to who? I don't know. But again, no matter how we look at it, uh, Dell, the problem we got is it's a psyop at any level. Okay, right. if they've got this all planned out, they think we're we're dumb enough to believe that they're all pitted against each other. The reality is they're all friends. Oh yes, oh for sure. Well, this this is the this is one narrative that, and I've been asking this question ever since I was uh, probably five or six years old when I found out about ETs and extraterrestrials and God and religion and stuff like that. And uh, this whole part was always saying, well, we can't uh, uh, disclosure can't happen because humanity can't handle the truth that there is something else out there and uh religion will fall apart and uh, society will fall apart if an alien ship comes down these they've done uh, movies about this uh through hollywood about that about everybody rioting oh no there's something else out there uh war of the worlds uh things like that right this whole thing that humanity isn't ready to understand uh about the galactic empire out there and uh, about all these different races and i find that that is a very whether that's part of the psy up out there to, to make people that seem like they're more stupid and more gullible than what they are. Because I think that anybody yeah. out there would want to know the truth. Well, any people that are truth seekers or something like that would like, Hey, I, I'd, I'd actually want to know, are they actually doing stuff out on Mars or on the moon? Is there actual, uh, us have ships that are flying in conjunction with this or are they in league with some sort of alien out of the, how many races there are out there? Like, uh, this, this prime directive Star Trek that's out there about no interference, I think is all BS and it's all part of this thing there. Maybe it's to go and make the lie a little bit more in this confusion a little bit more. Yeah. You know, that's an interesting subject all on its own mm-hmm. because we can all communicate with ET anytime we want. Okay. The trouble is how do you get our reality to mesh with their reality? And, and, and I've come up with some answers to this. Mm-hmm. My first thought always was, well, I know they did something to me physically that okay. made it so I can communicate with them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anybody who's a contactee, and I think maybe most of the people on this planet have been approached by ET. Now, whether they reciprocate in, or maybe they're not, you know, being used in a program right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe these are all programs. Maybe even my consciousness connection with my ETs, which we have constant battles and downloads and all kinds of things going on in my life, which I will share readily in my book. But, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I'll give you one example. They took a thought out of my brain for six months and we kept fighting about it. And I made them put it back in every day for almost not every day, but every two or three days. I finally drew a picture of what they were taking out of my head and set it by the side of the bed. So it was the first thing I saw when I woke up. 
Right. And then we had this whole battle. And then at the end of the battle, I said, why did you do that to me? And they said, because we want you to understand how much control we have over human consciousness. Mm. Oh, my God. That was like, you know, whoa. <laughs> yeah. They can make you forget anything. So how mm -hmm. many people on this planet are actually having contact and don't even remember? Mm -hmm. And I got another great example for you. I have a friend who made a movie about Stan Romanak. Whether you believe him or not, that's another whole issue. But there is a scene in the movie where there is a gray E.T. standing on the porch outside the sliding glass window right there, full body. You see him. Hmm. Okay. Now, I saw the movie like six times. And then I yeah. went and watched it like a seventh time. And I didn't see the E.T. It was oh, a black blob with just little eyes. I didn't see him like I normally saw him. And I knew something was wrong and I couldn't figure out what it was. I kept thinking, what's wrong? I know that something's wrong with this picture, right? So I watched it again and sure enough, a black blob with eyes. I'm like, that's not what I saw. What did I see? Mm. I couldn't even remember what I saw, okay? Right. And then we, I battled back and forth with them. And then finally I watched it again and they let me see the ET just like I had seen him that whole time before. Right. And then they told me. Guess what, Lorian? Not everybody can see the ET. All they see is a black blob. So ask your friend Jack what happened at the movie screening the very first time. So I call Jack. I say, Jack, I got something to tell you. My ETs just told me they're not allowing people to see your ET in the movie. Right. He goes, well, that makes sense. I said, well, weren't people like running out of the theater going, oh, my God, there was a great E.T. We finally got one on camera. Mm -hmm. Wasn't everybody like freaking out? And he was like, nobody freaked out. He goes, I could not figure it out. <laughs> so, what, and so Jack says to me, so what you're telling me is no matter how many times we play that movie, only certain people can see that great E.T. in the window. I said, absolutely. Only contactees. That's weird. Eh? That, that, that gets the whole geez. That goes into a whole different topic about, uh, about mind control. I yeah, mean, this is, I mean, hey, now whether they were fibbing with me, messing with me, screwing with me, I don't know. You know, yeah. but it makes sense. And Jack was like, "Oh my god, you know that makes total sense." We've never been able to figure out why people just start like going. Has the military seen that ET? <laughs> Like right. you can't figure it out, so now it makes sense, mm -hmm. you know. Well, you, if you, if you figure that's going on there, and then you look at the whole thing with uh, U.S. military uh, with MK Ultra, and then whatever was ever done in uh, Nazi Germany and uh, Russia and stuff like that with uh, manipulating people's thoughts and uh, implanting seeds. Uh, what was the movie there, Rosebud or whatever Operation Rosebud or whatever? Right, that you go and trigger a. Uh, 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 put in thoughts into people's brains that, that, that gets into really scary territory and that that stuff is actually documented and actually real that they actually did that and there's people you that bet. like you got their uh what was that the unabomber he was a person of mk ultra uh charles manson another thing there but also then you, you, when you deep dive into these people's families and family tree of who they were connected with and even with a lot of stars that are out there too or I guess uh, media stars that are out there when you see how these people rise to fame and who they're connected to and uh, the companies that are connected to them or the companies that they go, you get into some very dark territory out there and you, you start to wonder about what is, what is actually going on. And I, that's, I find that stuff immensely fascinating uh, uh, to find out all these connections of people. That are running, well, running mind the show. Control, <laughs> yeah, mind control, the MK Ultra program, and all that was my forte. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, I may do, I may, I may venture down that path again. But I did it for three years with my Super Soldier Mind Control and targeted individual conferences. Mm -hmm. And yeah. um, you know, and I hate to say this because I sound like a crazy woman when I do, but people died because of those conferences. Oh, for and, sure. Yeah, and it was not fun nor pretty nor pleasant. And I will just give you guys a quick example of the last time they, they bothered me. Um, I did my last conference, the last one, I don't remember. It was one of the conferences, and uh, yeah, it was the last one. 
because this is why I stopped doing it. I, um, I was in Rachel, Nevada at the Little Alien driving home from my last conference, my last mind control conference. And I got into our room and the air conditioner didn't work in my part of the, the trailer that we were staying in. And I left the back door open, not to the other guys' rooms, but to my room. The back door wide open and my bedroom door wide open. I would never have done that in a million years, and I have no idea why I did it. Okay? I mm -hmm. still, to this day, do not know why I did that, because I would never do that. Okay? Because I know better. I'm not, you know, whatever. It looked out over to the to the uh, desert, and there was nothing there. So I maybe I thought it was safe enough. I don't know. So I wake up about five or six hours later, and I can't move my tongue. And I'm like, what's going on? I can't swallow. It hurts like there's no describing how much pain I was in. I run into the bathroom. I'm lifting my tongue up, trying to see what's going on. All I can see is a lot of red. And I'm like, oh, my God. And this is, I didn't have my glasses at the time, and I just couldn't see it. Thank God I had some Vicodin with me for my migraines. I, I get a little bit every month for my migraines, and I had it, and I just like, oh, my God, I need this right now. I started taking it so I could drive home. I was in so much pain. I couldn't swallow, and it hurt like hell. Okay. So I get home. It takes me a, about 10 hours to get home because I'm in Rachel, Nevada, and I got to go all the way to San Francisco so I finally get home and I have my roommate, I'm holding my tongue up and he's taking a flashlight and he's looking at it and he's going, Oh my God, it looks like, it looks like a, a, a that two prong thing, you know, a taser. He goes, it looks like a taser under your tongue. Like there's two holes and they're uh -huh. perfectly symmetrical and they're very deep. And he's saying all this to me, I'm listening to him. And I went, Oh my God. And then I hear a voice in my head say this, we told you not to talk. Oh, wow. As clear as a bell, it's not him, and it's somebody in my head saying, we told you not to talk. Hmm. That that's was it. Crazy. That was the last one I ever did. <laughs> I just said, that's it. These guys can project voices into my head. And they can laser my tongue. And I, I did feel drugged when I woke up. I did feel, right. I felt, I thought I was just really tired. Mm -hmm. But now that I look, you know, looking back on it, I realized I had been drugged. Yeah, I guess that, that, that ends up going into this whole thing because there's a lot of, I, oh, geez, the amount of stuff that I've watched uh, on the internet and uh, stories I've gone through there with people that sort of uh, hit on these sort of uh, topics of, uh, of company uh, government uh, manipulation and testing on uh, on the populace is it's it's widespread. It's not just here in, in well in North America and oh, uh, exactly. the U.S. and stuff like that. Like uh, if you look at what they did in the Vietnam War, they tested chemicals out on their own soldiers. They did that the whole thing there in the San Francisco area with the uh, hookers going and uh, drugging Johns with uh, LSD to see how they would work. The discug uh, the the Tuskegee Airmen, what they tested on them with uh, syphilis, uh, and this is, I this is just part of my conspiracy theory. People that are out there listening, this is my own opinion on there. This whole COVID uh, uh, drug stuff that came out that this was a mass worldwide uh, test on uh, people. Whether you want to believe that or not, I don't really care. It's just my opinion out there that uh, you don't bypass certain uh, procedures that you've done for millennia and then all of a sudden you, you you change the script and say this is how we're doing doing things and uh, i think we're, it's going to be years coming into the future here we're going to see things that uh were done and people with uh, new ailments that uh they were not uh, predicted with but it, it was all a big test for them to know what they could do and i think that well, that's my hey, opinion look, it was a test on so many levels and i totally agree with you Dell, because um first of all will you wear a face mask or not I refused to wear one and it was really tough. Um, I did like, I'd stand at Dunkin' Donuts late at night, right before they close. And I'd open the door and I'd ask the girl, if I come in and I stand six feet away from you and I just kind of 
throw you the money? Will you let me come in without a mask? She looks around. She's like, yeah, yeah, I'll let you in, but hurry before I get caught. You know, Mm -hmm. these are the kind of things I was doing because I just, I, first of all, I can't wear a mask. I can't breathe as it is. The last thing I need is that. Yeah. And so, um, but I finally devised those so I could fly because I, I had to fly. I had to fly for work and different things. Mm-hmm. And instead of losing my job, I created a mask that had a wire in it that I could pop out like this. Yeah. So it only go across just the bridge of my nose and it was open like this. And I blow the air from the, the plane yeah. right down into those two holes and it would billow and I'd have fresh air. Right. <laughs> and it was crazy. And then and the, the stewardesses were always looking at me going, there's something wrong with her mask, but they never said a word to me. It was crazy. <laughs> and so, but I, I did have to be compliant then. And it was only like mm-hmm. 10 times. And every time I did it, I asked God for forgiveness for being weak. <laughs> Cause you know, sometimes you just got to pick your battles, but uh, yeah. Raider yeah. Joe, same thing. I walk in and I go, I, I can't wear a mask. Will you guys let me in? I promise I know exactly what I'm doing. I'll be out of here in five minutes. And I go right before closing. Yeah. So they like, you know, there'd be hardly anybody in there and they, they didn't care, you know? Right. Well, that, but that, yeah, that, I mean, it, it was a whole psyops on whether you would comply or not. That, that, that really? exactly that, that, that was the, there's the key word right there. Compliance. They said, how far we can push a populace into compliance to follow things. And then to see how one side can go and fight the other side into this false narrative of, uh, of, saving the people and that, that mm-hmm. i i just found this so i i found this so interesting of people that are supposed to be learned and how they just easily just said government says this and they're the experts it says what about all these experts oh yeah they, mm-hmm. they, they don't count because they're not our experts and that i, I, just, and I, I went oh my god i said this this is this is getting crazy that just totally unbelievable and that's where i get i get this whole thought about when people sort of say say things um whether it is a et extraterrestrial paranormal and stuff like that they get into this belief system that they they totally believe this one sort of thing and they don't look widely out at everything else that's involved in it and that's that's one thing that i do like a laura lee hates that i i'm so skeptical and stuff like that but i want to go and find out how i can recreate it i like i got into magic a long time ago learning how tricks were done because you can fake things so easily now too, especially with uh, computers. You can fake an image on a, wow. on video so easily and uh, to go through things. And especially well, that's why we're doing our yeah, it's exactly what we're doing our show because I can't believe how many people fall for this fake stuff that's out there on YouTube. There's a woman I'm not going to say her name right now, and I probably won't say it on the show either. But mm. she has over two hundred fifty thousand followers. And she said that there was a ship coming out of this bay up in Vancouver. Well, we did our due diligence. We sent Mm -hmm. a friend of ours over to the hotel she said it was coming from. We looked at all the security cameras, all the footage she had, found our own footage of this place. Mm -hmm. Turns out that ring of uh, white light that she saw was a puff of vapor coming from the laundry room of the hotel's pipe that had a little leak in it. And it would come out in these little puffs like this okay. and right in front of the security camera. And she said it was coming out of the lake way in front of it. And oh, it forced- was just condensation, <laughs> vapors, you know. Forced perspective of a camera work, right? She's telling all these people it's a UFO coming out of the water in Vancouver Bay. I'm like, oh, my wow. God, please. You know, and she's got 250 followers. I can't get 100 followers, right? Oh, wow. You know, whatever. And, and to me, it doesn't matter because, you know, mm-hmm. the point is, if you want the truth, you will always find me. That's mm-hmm. my theory. If you listen to my radio show, you're listening to it because you want as close to the truth as I can get yeah. without being killed. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's one thing that that's a little uh, character I have down on the bottom there with the question mark there. I, I always say oh, I question, love him. question everything. I says, and that's that's the thing that... Uh, I, I, I have this saying that I, I told Laura, I've said it many times on, on, on my show here and on her show there. I says, as a little kid, you're questioning everything. It ends up being you're questioning so much that people get annoyed that you're asking questions. Why this? Why that? You go to school, you start getting told the questions and the answers. After school, 
you no longer have to do the questions and the answers because you've learned everything. You've gotten your diploma. You've learned all the questions and answers. You stop asking questions. There's only those few that go afterwards to start re-asking questions again about why things are. People get into this rut, this another brick in the wall in the line of day-to-day uh, -day life. They stop asking stuff. And then they just, they, they just allow everything to happen. They, the government's telling me to do this. This is why my taxes are this. This is why inflation is this. And they just accept. They don't ever start questioning exactly. ever again. And then they, they wonder why, well, why is milk $7 a, a, a carton or a, a liter at the grocery store? Why is eggs $10 a dozen? It says, well, you're not looking at the question. You're not asking questions anymore of who's all involved to why it got to this point. Why is gas $5 a gallon? Well, ask the questions. Why is that going on over there? Start asking questions. Don't just accept the narrative. That's that's one thing yeah. that I've been pushing for a long time. Well, three years since I've been doing this show. Well, that's the most important thing to do. You know, that is what I think that's all of our responsibility as podcasters and talk show hosts or whatever we are. I think it's our responsibility to get out here and get people thinking and asking questions and looking right. for the real truth instead of the truth that they feed you, you mm -hmm. know, because they feed yeah. us the truth all the time, expecting us to swallow it. And we don't, you know, if right. you're listening to you or me, they're not, you know, our, our crowd knows better. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah, they say like, uh, don't take my word for it. Go out there and do your own research. I says, I'm giving you a, uh, uh, a starting point, but you, people out there have to do it for themselves, right? You can't tell anybody to, you can, you can just show them, show them the lake, but you can't make them drink from the water or whatever, however that seeing goes there. But uh, we do have a couple of minutes there left here. Uh, you want to go and uh, tell them a bit about uh, where they can find uh, oh, the Lorian perspective? Well, okay. Where do that? Yeah. First of all, ufocon2023.com. Very interesting speakers. Um, I will give you one quick antidote. Uh, one of the guys came last year to the conference and he had such a good time that he finally decided he wanted to come out with the truth about his contact. And uh, so this year he's going to be on our stage and he was just an, an attendee last year. Oh, awesome. He's a, um, he's a professional, you know, in the food industry and in the solar industry and what have you and speaks mm -hmm. a lot there and makes PowerPoints. So he, he called me up. He says, I know you don't know me or remember me, but I really can do it. And I'm like, okay, great. You go for it. You know, I mean, this is the kind of event it is. It's where we all get together and hang out and meet each other and have fun together. We go for UFO pancakes at IHOP on Sunday night after the conference is over. About 80 of us went last year. <laughs> Lots of fun. And the discount code for you guys will be TDRUFO23 yep. at UFOCon2023.com. Yes. And if you want to listen to me, I'm over on Revolution Radio Monday nights, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Studio A. And the show is called The Fenton Perspective. Awesome. That, that's great. And you know what? I want to thank you very much for being a guest on uh, the Delicious Recipe there this week. I said it was a really enjoyable. There, there's so many different uh, roads to go through and uh, topics to go through. Like I have a whole thing about uh, dealing with the energy industry and <laughs> global warming. I, I, I was oh an environmental, en I, I was an environmental I engineering student, so I, I, no. I, I, have, I have a lot of stuff with that. I so. got to get my buddy Glenn on your show then. You'll yeah. love him. His name's Glenn Rhodes. Okay, just remind me later, okay? Oh, sounds good. So everybody else that's out there listening, this has been the Delicious Recipe. This will be airing uh, Thursday. This is just right after the Super Bowl and after uh, Valentine's Day. That's time with an N. <laughs> Anyways, not the times. And uh, thanks all for listening there. And we'll check in uh, next week. I think next week I have uh, returning guest uh, Rachel Dodds. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, different things about her life and uh, business and stuff like that. A really interesting uh, part there dealing with uh, cons and stuff like that. And and, uh, manipulation so tune in for that one there next week thank you all for uh, listening and uh, thank you Lori, Lori and, uh, again there for joining me peace <laughs>